Come on, everybody. Good morning. It is Sunday. We are on Church Online, and so make sure you're commenting. Please tag me, because I know right now I am preaching at Avenue Church at 6050 South Buffalo Drive. But, man, I cannot wait to see you. So I want to see you online, comment, chat, uh, quote me, all the things, all right? But before we get started, if you're brand new with us today, man, I just want to say welcome but why don't you text me at 702-727-8280, and uh, I actually get this, all right? I'm going to see it, and I will respond to you, whether it's going to be right away or after church today, but I want to just get connected with you. We're not going to harass you, but I just want to know you're with us today, because we have met so many brand new guests that were watching us for the past eight months come to Avenue Church on Sunday in person. All right, but if you're itching to get started and you've been watching for a while now, we now have Growth Track One Day coming up on November 21st. Growth Track, all four staff, boom, in one day. Just going to be a couple hours, but make sure you RSVP. It's going to take place here at Avenue Headquarters, socially distanced, wearing a mask. But what we want to do is we want you to discover your unique design and get on a team. Let's make a difference and I honestly will say man we need you we need you to come and make a difference so RSVP on November 21st at avenuechurch.cc you'll see growth track one day now we're in the middle of a series called convince me and so I hope you enjoyed last week last week was all about convince me that God actually has a plan for my life. And today, I'm going to start out in Matthew chapter 8. So if you got your Bibles out, get your Bibles out. All right, somebody this week said, Pastor, I got a prayer request. My iPhone broke. I have to use an Android. I said, Mac, peace be with you. Come here. You know, we had to hold him. He cried a little bit. And, we, you know, so if you got your Bibles out, get your iPhones out, your Androids out, get your Bible app out. And let's go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 8. And this is what I want to open up before we get into our topic today. And it says, when the evening came, they brought to him, to Jesus, many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirit with a word, and he healed all who were ill. He, he healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities, and he carried away our diseases. He carried away our diseases. Today... I want to talk about miracles. So the topic of today is convince me that God still does miracles. Convince me that God still does miracles. Now, I think many of us, many of us, we believe in miracles. Like here Avenue, I'm going to go, raise your hand if you believe in miracles, right? We believe in miracles, but we believe in the supernatural taking place. But I want to ask you today, and not everyone believes in miracles, but I want to ask you today, if you do believe in miracles, do you believe that God will do a miracle for you? Yeah, I was mentioning it to uh, someone this week. Hey, I'm going to talk about miracles at Avenue Church. Oh, I love the movie about miracles. But I'm here to tell you, not a movie, not a story, but for you. But for you. And maybe you're watching this today and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know if God does miracles today. Me, personally, I'm tired of hearing about miracle stories. I want to experience a miracle. So, Pastor, convince me. That God still does miracles today. But do you believe that God's going to do a miracle? And so let's go to your Bibles real quick. I want us to go to Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 11. Let's back up a little bit here. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 through 11. And this is kind of the main uh, scripture 
I want to sit in today. So I hope you're watching. Keep commenting. I want you to take notes on the chat, all right? Let's do this thing today because I'm excited. It says, when he had finished speaking, so here's the context. Jesus is speaking to a large crowd next to a lake. And so what he does is he gets into a boat and he continues to speak more because the crowd is pushing him. So Jesus finishes an amazing sermon. He's probably like, I'm going to convince you all God does miracles, right? It's going to be, this is Avenue Galilee, you know. And so he says this to Peter. He turns to Peter after he finishes preaching. He goes, Peter, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So out of nowhere, it's like the pastor, right? Like, like if I went to your work, maybe you were painting at the Circa, uh, casino, and I walk in, I preach on Sunday morning, and then I'm like, hey, go to room 2A and paint the wall. And you're like, bro, don't tell me how to do my job. And that's exactly what's taking place. And it says this, and Simon answered, Master, did that, been there, done that. We toiled all night and took nothing. No fish. I don't know if you've ever been fishing before. <laughs> ah, you know, I'd rather just eat beef jerky and, and drink soda out there. But he says, we toiled all night. And we took nothing, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. So I've, I've, we've had zero success, but fishing all, all night long. How dare you come here and preach a little message, and then you tell me how to do my career, my job. But I'll do it. But I'll do it. I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets we're breaking. They signal to their partners in the other boat, come and help them. My goodness, there's so much fish, their nets were breaking. They came and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. Get this, here is the miracle. No fish all night. Remember, fish isn't so they, they can eat, so they can make a living, so they can provide. This is a financial miracle that we see here. But it said, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. He said, depart from me, for I am sinful, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. They were surprised. They marveled at the catch of the fish that they had taken. It's also where James John, who also partners with Simon, and Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching men. You used to catch fish, but now you're going to be catching men, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything, and they followed after Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. God, I thank you for all that are watching online. God, I pray you be able to speak through me, even as I'm on a faith journey about faith and miracles today. So, Father, I thank you, and we praise you. And, God, I thank you that the Chicago Bears are going to continue to be on the top of the NFC North. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody, and the Raiders. Man, we love you guys. Now, uh, many of you know I'm deaf in, in my ears. And I'm completely deaf in this, my, in this year. I actually have a hearing aid that sends it to my one and only ear. And uh, we have many brand new people here at Avenue Church. Just a real quick testimony. When I was 18 months old, I completely had, I had hearing. But at 18 months old, I developed a disease called spinal meningitis. I was in a coma for three days. But on the third day... Come on, somebody, right? Ah, pastor joke right there. On the third day, I came out of the coma, and they never checked my ears. So from 18 months to three years old, I didn't have hearing aids. And then finally, uh, uh, you know, I wear hearing aids 
did a lot of speech therapy. And so my miracle is not that I, you know, I can't hear, but my miracle is that I'm a pastor and I speak for a living because every year I had to go to speech therapy once a week or several times a week. I had to do speech therapy. I had to learn how to talk, articulate. And here's the thing. I'm, I do pretty good at articulating. Sometimes it's a big word, you know, like specific or specific, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's a hard word or, or I fumble over my words or I say a word the way it's not supposed to be pronounced. But let me tell you, um, many times at Avenue Church, people often think, Man, this pastor's a jerk, right? Because I can't hear out of this ear and I'll walk by them or I unintentionally ignore somebody. I'm not ignoring you. I just can't hear you. But listen to me. My entire Christian life, I've really dealt with this topic. Convince me that God still does miracles today. Because this message is extremely difficult for me to write. But I learned long ago that I was desiring the miracle, not Jesus. So before I start today, I really got to challenge you. Don't desire the miracle. Desire Jesus. And so I wrote this down here today. We need to desire Jesus more than the miracle. We need to desire Jesus more than the miracle. And my friend here in my small group on Tuesday, Vassal said this, and I said, you even know what I'm preaching on this week. My buddy Vassell said, desire his presence over his presence. I love that. That's a real great, right? Remember, desire his presence over his presence. We need to desire Jesus over his miracles. Thank you, Pastor Vassell. Come on, the setup team. I love you. Now, before we get into today's message, we have to clearly define the word miracle. So many of us, we have our own definition for miracle. And I love what my friend Indigo Montoya, right? Like you're, you're, what is that? You keep using the word. I don't think you know what it means. All right. And here's what miracle means. Because sometimes we can have a different perception or perspective of it. Here's what miracle is. A divine act by which God reveals himself to people. A miracle is a divine act by which God reveals himself to people. None of this matters to me if all I want is God's presence, right? If I just want the miracle instead of the Savior. But every miracle should reveal Jesus in this. And I love this portion of Scripture. You're saying, this is the miracle Scripture you decide to use? Like not the lame being sick or, or uh, you know, uh, Lazarus being raised from the dead. You're using uh, nets in the sea because this is what it says. They came and they filled the boats and they began to sink. Here is the miracle taking place before their eyes. But when Simon Peter saw it, he didn't go look at all those fish. He didn't say, this is the biggest haul I've ever had. This is the biggest fiscal day in my company. He didn't, he didn't look all this and say, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be loaded. Peter said he saw it, and he fell down at Jesus' knees, and he says, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, miracles should reveal Jesus. Every time you see a miracle, you should see God. Every time you see a miracle, you should see God. I want to challenge you. That every time you see God, you should look for a miracle. Every time you see God, you should look for a miracle. Because I'm convinced of this. Miracles are happening more than we think. I'm convinced of this. Miracles are taking place in their lives every single 
day. Now, Jesus, when he did miracles in the Bible, they were never magic tricks. He didn't do miracles to impress or coerce or convince. You never see him say something like, see that tree over there? It's on fire. I'm the Savior. Instead, he used miracles to heal the sick, to feed the hungry, to raise the dead, to reveal who he was. He wasn't saying, here, here's a miracle on a stick. Come here, come here, come here. If you want to be healed, you got to come to me. Jesus said, I'm going to heal you because I am grace, I am love, I am compassion. And here's a great scripture in Mark chapter 8. The Pharisees came, the religious people, and they began to argue with him, seeking from Jesus a sign from heaven. I love this because a sign doesn't mean, a, a sign means you're pointing to Jesus. And it says this to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and he said, why does this generation seek a sign? You know what he's saying right there? I'm right here. What you're asking for is right before you. So I kind of wrote down three miracles as I've been studying this, as I, as I lay out some information before you so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you, to guide you, to lead you. But here's the first miracle. It's the miracle of timing. It's the miracle of timing. All of this in Luke chapter 5. So Jesus is out there on the boat, and all of a sudden Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night, and we took nothing. We toiled all night. We worked as hard as we could, and we took Nothing but at your word at this time. I mean, think about it. Eight hours at night, nine hours, however long they were out there. But now we'll let down the nets. And when he let down the nets, all of a sudden it fish filled the boat. The boat was sinking. There's so much fish. Let me ask you something today. Have you ever tried to fix something? And it took you forever. Right? It took you like all day long. Then you finally ask your spouse, you know, or your wife or your husband, whoever, to step in and they fix it in a second. Drives you crazy. Does it? Have you ever looked for something? You're like, where's my wallet? I can't find my wallet. And you're spending hours and you're late for everything because you just resigned. You just bankrupt your life because you can't find your wallet. And all of a sudden your friend just finds it. It's like, it's right here. And you're like, no, it's right there. Listen to me, Avenue Church. Here's the miracle of timing. What took all night took Jesus a second. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody, you are getting this today. Some of you are understanding this right here. You're saying what took them all year, what took them years upon years, took Jesus a second in my life. That is the miracle of God's timing. Listen to me. My mother-in-law, man, she used to smoke for over 30 years years until she finally gave her life to Jesus. Yeah, she was serving the Lord, serving her church, but she could just never cut out smoking. She tried gold turkey, right? She tried the patch, right? She tried different ways, but she always failed as, until one time she decided to do a fast. And in her fast, just fasting and praying, supernaturally, God took the desire to smoke away. She hasn't smoked in years. Listen to me, that is the miracle of God's timing. Because timing is God's protection. Timing is God's provision. And sometimes, church, listen to me, we don't see it. We don't see the miracle because sometimes, and I want you to write this down, sometimes a no is not rejection, but it's actually protection. I call this the miracle 
of the no. And this is going to drive you crazy today because it drives me crazy because sometimes we fail to see that God's no is in rejection, but it's a change of direction. God's saying, mm, I mean, I would, I would love to, but you don't see what I see. Last week we learned my thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not his way. But my prayer is that you begin to see the miracle of what did not take place. You know, Avenue Church, we're in, a, we're in an amazing property called Opportunity Village. And uh, this is our third year. Um, God's been doing amazing things. But I want you to know, over four years ago, my wife and I, we were going to schools, high schools, junior highs, because we're getting desperate, elementary schools, and we went to 16 schools in this area. If you're on the lost team, you know the story. We went to 16 schools, and listen to me, and I did a good job, all right? We had, we had brochures, we had Starbucks gift cards we're giving to people, you know, and, and we just want to love on the community, love on the school, wherever we would call home, and when we came in, we had 16 amazing, wonderful, life-giving knows 16 knows like I'm, I'm, I'm six I counted 16 I was getting upset I was getting angry I remember I was praying God please give us a high school I want a high school with the stage and the chairs you know it's gonna be great I need a high school we believe that God you're gonna do more and Avenue Church we're gonna have uh, you know lots of people coming we want to reach our city for God's praise and God's glory but listen to me every 16 knows with God's timing. Because now we are, three years later, in a wonderful partnership with Opportunity Village. But in a pandemic, we wouldn't, we would be, we wouldn't be allowed to meet into a, in a school. We'd be kicked out of a school. Listen to me. God's timing has been a miracle for our church because it's lining us up for our future home. It's lining, it lined us up for the year 2020. That four years ago, God said, no, 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 because I see what's taking place in 2020, in 2021, in 2022. And I love this. Peter says, Lord, we toiled all night. We took nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the nets. I love this. Because Peter said, God, I'm the fisherman. You're just a preacher. This is what I do for a living. You're, 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 the, you're the communicator. You're the, the pastor. But here's what the second one is, the miracle trust. Miracle trust. I want to be honest with you. This is where most of us struggle. We struggle right here because miracles require a problem that is bigger than us, which requires trust. See, there's so many miracles in our life that we don't get to see because I'm going to handle it. I'm going to do it. Now, granted, I believe in the miracles of doctors. I believe in the miracle of medicine. I believe that God has given people the ideas or a revelation or the gifts or the abilities to, to perform uh, surgeries and to make us better and things we can eat. But I love what Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and it says this. It says, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them. And the scribes arguing with, with them, and immediately the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed. They ran up to Jesus, and they greeted Jesus. And they asked, what are you arguing about? What's going on here? And someone from the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. So there's a need, a need that's bigger than who he is. So he has the miracle 
of trust. And he says, whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams and he grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples. I love this. He's calling out the disciples. Can you imagine them? They're sitting there like, oh, yeah, we, we couldn't do it. You know, like disciples are like, he, he don't know what he's talking about. The disciples, they cast it out and they were not able to do it. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation. I'm going to touch on this in just a second, all right? Jesus is like, oh, you faithless generation. How long am I to be with you? What's going on, Jesus? Are you all right? And he says, how long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. All right, I love that. He's like, psh, psh, come here, all right? Give him to me. Jesus throws his sleeves up. Come out, right? And this is what happens. They brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him and convulsed, he fell to the ground, foamy at the mouth. Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And he, it throws him into the fire. It tries to destroy him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible to those who believe. There's an element of belief that's got to take place. And then immediately the father of the, of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. And then Jesus saw the crowd running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit. He said, you mutant death spirit, I command you, come out and never enter him again. After crying and convulsing, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse. It, so most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, hey, Jesus, come here. Why couldn't we do it? Like, why couldn't we? Abracadabra. Come out, right? <laughs> come out, right? I'd be like... It, Come out, Jesus' name. Okay, I'm good. I'm out of here. And this is what Jesus said. This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And the original word is and fasting. I want you to see this. This is something I've struggled with many, many times. Do I not have the faith? Do I not pray enough? Do I not fast enough? And this is what I found. I found the disciples... They didn't have the faith to heal the boy because they were placing their faith in themselves, not Jesus. They placed their faith in themselves. What can we do? Can we do it? Jesus was going on. They couldn't do it, so can you? But this faith comes by praying, by fasting, by trusting. Listen to me. Miracles, when we pray and when we fast, we're humbling ourselves. But somebody, I think somebody needs to hear this today. It's not my notes, not in the things, not on TV. But I want you to know, humiliation is all about you. But humility is all about Jesus. And we say, God, I'm going to believe and trust for a miracle. But it's on you. God, I have faith on you. And I'm wrestling with my faith, church. Faith it, do, I, do I have faith in my faith or do I have my faith in Jesus? Do I have my faith in Jesus? And immediately the child cried out, right? And the father said, I believe, catch this please, but help my unbelief. I love this. I've never seen this before. Here's what he's saying. I'm going to break it down. This is the Pastor Jeremy translation of the Bible. You ready for this? Right? I have faith, but I don't have faith. 
Somebody catch this? Right? Like, 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 I know you can do it. I'm not sure you can do it. All right? Like, like, Pastor Jeremy, you go to the gym today. I thought about it, but I did not go. You know, like, what is this? And Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. The original meaning of old faithless doesn't mean old lack of faith, but it means this, lack of trust. Listen to me, guys. Faith is having trust in God. Faith is something of things unseen or heard. Faith without works is dead. But when it all boils down to it, faith is having trust in God even when unbelief is present. I'm here to tell you, do it afraid. Take a step of faith. Have faith in Jesus. Trust Jesus and see Jesus in every miracle. You know, there's a season of our life where we had a, um, you know, my wife and I were trying to grow our family, have, have a child, and we actually found out we were pregnant, and we were excited about it. We've had a lot of roller coaster stories on that. Many of you guys know. But our, one of our first um, miscarriages, we went to the doctor, and they said, man, levels are up, levels are down. We're going to have to remove whatever is inside of my wife. And so we said, okay, so there's no baby. No, so I mean, we're, we're crying, we're hurting. But they said, but then you have, to, you have to come back, make an appointment. We're going to give you some medicine that is actually what we give for abortions so that we can cleanse her out. And we had a problem with that because we had to wait another six months before even trying. And so I remember just before the appointment to go down there and, and uh, to take the medicine and have all that chemicals and things in my wife's body. One of our mentors prayed for us. And we called him up. He's in the 70s. And we said, would you just pray for us? And I got to tell you, man, he called down heaven uh, into that phone call. And I remember when we got there, we just trusted God. We trusted God's timing. We had to trust Jesus. So when we got there, I was so surprised. I remember in the, in the room, the doctor comes out. All right, we're ready. They wheeled in the medicine. And all of a sudden, my wife, Pastor Lindsay, goes, can we? Can we check one more time? <laughs> I was like, woo, right? Like, like she had all the belief. I did not, all right? Like, help my unbelief. I believe I have unbelief, you know? And all of a sudden they said, um, oh, sure, wh why not? You know, whatever, you know? And, uh, and so they go and they scan and all that, and we're waiting together, praying together. They come back in and they go, I, I can't believe it. It's completely passed. It's completely gone. Avenue, miracles are happening. Every single day, every single week, because of that miracle, we were able to have Levi just a year or so later. Listen to me. That leads me to my last point, that there's a miracle of redemption. A miracle of redemption. Jesus kind of gives us a hint in Luke chapter 7. This is what he says. And he answered them, go, tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, skin issues. The deaf hear. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Yes, the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. I believe in the miracle of redemption. And I want to encourage you today that sometimes we think of miracles as the suspension of the natural order, where God changes things. God just grabs it and makes it all whole and better. But listen to me. But what Jesus meant is the restoration 
of natural order. Jesus is saying, guys, listen, this is how it's supposed to be. Before sin came into the world, before sickness and disease came, Jesus said, I came to redeem, not to change. I have, I, this just hit me this week. Healing is redeeming. You know, these ears, they're supposed to hear. You know, when I go to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is play Marco Polo. Marco, ah, yeah, because I'm going to have supernatural hearing once again. Heaven is going to be a place of complete healing where God's going to redeem our bodies. But miracles can take place today where God can redeem us. You know, that's what I love about Avenue Church is that we see miracles typically every Sunday. Sometimes you share it. All right, sometimes you keep it yourselves, and pastor wants to know. But one of our first years in our church, man, we had a guy walk in with his family, never been to church before, didn't want to be there, had a big fight with his wife, and, uh, you know, also he walks through the building, we're all like, praise the Lord, welcome, you know, this is before COVID and masks and all that, and he's sitting in a message, he hears a gospel presentation of Jesus, not Pastor Jeremy or Pastor Lindsay, but he hears God's word, I mean, he starts, like, just getting convicted, he's feeling God's grace and mercy and love, and he all of a sudden, he, he gets out, right, I say, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God, he prays the prayer, but he took off. He didn't want to talk to nobody. He didn't know what was going on. He felt the presence of God, right? He's going, what's going on here? I intercept him in the back because you know your pastor is ready for you. And I step by and say, how are you? I'm so glad you came. Well, can I tell you, he's become my friend. I've been in his small group. He's been in my small group. He serves on our team. Now, he called me and said, you know what? I want to learn how to, I want to go to Bible college. I want to learn about God's word. I might be a preacher or something like that, you know. But listen to me. You know what God did? God didn't change his life. God redeemed his life. A man who was, had a terrible lifestyle, a man who was unfaithful, a man who, who just lived in the world, God didn't change him. God redeemed him. And maybe you feel like today you've thrown your life away. I want to encourage you. God wants to perform a miracle of restoring your life. Because listen to me, guys. The greatest miracle is not a deaf ear being opened. The greatest miracle is not limbs growing out, which I believe can happen. The greatest miracle is not when someone gets out of a wheelchair and walks supernaturally. But the greatest miracle is salvation. It's salvation. That sometimes there's prayers I'm praying. I said, God, will you heal my ears? And he spoke to me in high school. And he said, I'm going to heal you when I'm most glorified. So if I could be in heaven, so be it. If I could be here on this earth, come on, somebody. If God heals me right now in this message, I'm taking off. Right, I'm Jericho Martin. We're going to see what the Lord has done. We're going to celebrate. But in the meantime, I'm not going after his presence. I'm going after God's presence. And so I'm going to ask you today, do you still believe that God could do a miracle? And so does God do miracles, Pastor Jeremy? I believe he does. I believe he does it every day, every week. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we don't. But for many of us, the greatest miracle is when we look in the mirror and say, I've been saved by grace through faith. I've been saved from this addiction. I've been saved from this life. I've been saved from all the different things that's been taking place. 
Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I got nothing to lose. I'm ready to place my trust in God. I'm ready to trust the timing of God. I've realized it's not his rejection, but it's a change of direction. But maybe you're here today and just say, Pastor, we pray a prayer with me? Because I want to receive the greatest miracle there is, and that's salvation. Bow your heads, close your eyes, wherever you're watching. Let's pray this prayer out loud. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. So I repent of my sins. So I'm going to live for you. Say the best way I know how. I'm going to live for you. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today. Someone pray a prayer and listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you prayed that prayer, please text me at 702-727-8280. I would be so honored. I'm going to celebrate with you. If you say Jesus or I give my life to Jesus, I'll give you a little emoji. Woo! Right? Because you took a step and you are the greatest miracle that we got to encounter today. Again, church, I love you. Make sure you join us for Growth Track one day at avenuechurch.cc. It's going to take place here at the headquarters. But again, be praying for us. Be praying for all that God is doing through, through our church and in our church in the fabulous city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Guys, I love you. I love being your pastor.